Welcome to Prepare to Care, the AARP podcast with resources and tools to support the millions of family caregivers who provide unpaid care to our loved ones. I'm Eddie Orem, your host for this podcast. Elder abuse affects the financial and physical and emotional health of the victims. The threat of elder abuse is daunting for the 40 million family caregivers who help their parents and spouses. How do you spot elder abuse? Who do you turn to when you have suspicions? And what can be done? Here to help us answer those questions is Christina Roberts, who's the new chief of our elder abuse section with the Harris County DA's office. She'll have those answers and more coming up on Prepare to Care. Christina, what is elder abuse and what forms does it take? So elder abuse is essentially um, kind of self-titled, self-explanatory, right? It is abuse against the elderly. And for legal purposes, as far as the office and the legislature is concerned, um, elderly is defined as anybody who is 65 years old or older. Um, The different forms that elder abuse can take are physical abuse, sexual abuse, neglect, um, exploitation, generally in the form of financial exploitation, self-neglect, emotional abuse, or abandonment. Thank you, Christina. So the first thing is the person must be 65 years of, of age or older in order for the report to be made. Is that correct? No. A okay. report can be made from by anybody. Okay. For it to fall underneath the legal definition of abuse or financial exploitation or assault against an elderly, that qualification has to be 65 years or older for legal purposes. And what is the process if I want to report abuse that I believe is occurring? Uh, generally, if, if it's an abuse that you are ready to report that you believe is criminal, you call the police. It's very simple. If you think that you're a victim of any type of physical abuse or criminal neglect or criminal stealing, call the police. And you can also call Adult Protective Services and make a report um, with them. At which point would I contact the elder abuse section of the Harris County's office? So how the elder abuse section in the Harris County District Attorney's office works is we're a specialized section that prosecutes those cases um, involving elder abuse. So typically we would get a case assigned to our division just like any other case that would be in the DA's office. So generally we get our cases from law enforcement. You call, you make a report to law enforcement, law enforcement does an investigation, then our office determines whether or not there's enough probable cause to go forward. If so, a case is filed. If that case is filed with the DA's office and it is someone who fits in our category of 65 or older, and it's some type of elder abuse, then we will be prosecuting that case in our specific division. Let's say that it's appropriate to call your division And once I make that phone call, and let's say that it's financial abuse, what do I expect to happen next once I make that call? If you choose to make the call to the Harris County District Attorney's Office Elder Abuse Division, what will happen is one of our representatives from our division will contact you. And we usually have a checklist that we send over that we want you to fill out with your information, um, the suspected type of abuse that you're having, and any sort of information that you can provide to help us better investigate the case and then we investigate the case and determine if there's enough evidence to file for a case to prosecute. If I believe my neighbor is being abused by let's say her son um, and I don't want to get involved 
but I want to be responsible. Mm -hmm. What do you suggest I do? Call APS. Um, Adult Protective Services is the front line along with law enforcement. Generally, APS, if you have a concern or a complaint and it's involving an elderly, they will do their due diligence and go out and check. So they don't report who they got the tip from. They can go out there and do a welfare check, as can law enforcement. So I would always start there. Call APS if you have a suspected concern about something that's going on that you want to go on record and you want somebody to check it out. And you can also call and make a report with law enforcement so that they can do their due diligence to investigate. And those are typically the two um, agencies or forums that start the investigation before it gets over to the DA's office. Should I expect any feedback or is my job simply to report and leave it to you guys? Feedback from who? As in what's happening next or if somebody's going to go and talk with them or what do they find out? Um, if you want, if you, depending on the agency, if you're calling the police and you're a witness to something, you can probably expect some feedback, especially if a case gets filed, because okay. we'll need you. Um, but if you're calling APS and you wish to remain anonymous, then and you don't want feedback, you just you have to make that clear, articulate it. Sometimes, like I said, when there's a criminal investigation or a criminal case, you can always make it clear that you don't want to be involved. And sometimes somebody will still reach out to you, you know, to in order to try to prosecute a case. But so kind of, sort of, there's an option to remain <laughs> out of it until it gets into a criminal arena and you're a witness. What would you say to someone who um, might just simply not like their neighbor and might want to make a phone call uh, just to get back at their neighbor and allege abuse that really is not there? Don't do it. Don't do it. I mean, we have, a, and you would be surprised at a lot of false reports, but here's the thing with false reports. They take away resources from the people that really need it. So if you are upset or you want to just get that person into trouble because you don't like them think about the people that could really be using the help of the APS worker or the police officer or the prosecutor they don't get that help and they might be in dire need because you just were in your feelings and we certainly ask our listeners to make sure that they call with good faith yes um, we are 50 plus primarily with AARP and we are caregivers uh, what do you suggest we do to protect those who we are giving care to? That's a twofold question. So if you are giving care to me, my advice to you would be to make sure that you are taking care of yourself. Um, in order for you to care for anybody, this is a, a mother, father, caregiver, aunt, uncle, it doesn't matter. You can't invest properly in other people if you're not taking care of yourself. Um, so if you need help or if you need a day off, be vocal, be articulate to people that you can depend on so that you can continue giving the best method of care that you can to the one that you're providing care for. And as far as the one receiving the care, um, be vocal and be, I mean, communicate. Communicate your needs to your caregiver and the caregivers should also be cognizant and very mindful of what their limits are, right? If you can't provide all around care all the time, or if you can't do this one specific thing that the person who needs the care is giving, say it. But oftentimes what we've seen is that there's a situation where people are comfortable in their elements, but then they get to a point where 
they are uncomfortable or they're not receiving things anymore because but because they're so used to the situation being what it is they don't want to speak out they don't want to disrupt this level of care that they're getting for fear of the unknown so i mean the most important thing that i would say to both sides is make sure that you are communicating and um, taking care of yourself and also being very aware of what's happening between you. Thank you for sharing that because it's very important to us at AARP that we have a five point step. Basically it is uh, having that very difficult conversation when you see that it might be a need for a family in crisis or a family member in crisis. We also then look at how do you make a plan with a team that you've, you've established to assist you. And we find it very important for the resources that are, that are available to assist you and your family and your loved ones. And most importantly, as you said, we want to make sure that our caregivers are taking care of themselves. Because we find that, that we're in several types of situations that we're no longer in control of. And we want to make sure that we behave in a way that's positive for us and positive for our care receivers. And that way we can keep ourselves together. What kind of tips would you share with us uh, if I'm a care receiver and I feel that maybe I'm not being taken care of properly or I'm being abused or my finances are being abused, if I'm receiving care, who should I call? What should I do? Well, you can always start with calling somebody that you trust and I know that's funny right because if you have a caregiver and you're a, a care receiver you feel like you should be able to trust your caregiver but if there's ever a situation where you feel like I can't trust my immediate caregiver maybe there's somebody there is somebody that you can maybe a close friend a close family member that you trust with a little bit of information or just somebody that you can address your concerns to if that person doesn't exist you can always call APS APS has representatives that come out and they'll sit and talk with you and ask you questions and kind of get a better idea of what it is that you need and why you're feeling how exactly how you're feeling. But one thing that I will say is as a person receiving care, if there is ever a situation where you do feel like my some, something's going on with my finances that I'm not understanding and my caregiver is not giving me answers and I do feel like they're not taking care of me either in the way that they have in the past or the way that they should have. Do not be afraid to tell someone. You'd be surprised at how many people, how many people receiving care didn't say anything for a really, really, really long time or they had a feeling a year and a half ago or a year ago, but because they were embarrassed and didn't feel like they had anywhere to turn, they just kept their mouth shut. Um, like I said, there's always an APS representative that you can call that will at least do, do some due diligence and come out and see if there's anything there. And then they communicate as well with law enforcement and with our office. So tell APS, tell your caregiver, or tell a close family or friend that you trust. And because we also encourage our caregivers to set up a team of folk, a support team to assist with the person they're giving care for, and we also encourage our caregivers to involve those who we're caring for, mm -hmm. such that if I'm caring for someone, I want them to tell me who they feel should be on the team. That also ensures that they have somebody that they can trust. And so that's very helpful uh, for you to share that with us. And I want to say too that it's important that our listeners ask for our prepare to care 
manual because we outline those steps. And it is important that both the caregiver and the care receiver understands uh, that we're here for them. Uh, we have the steps and the preparation and the resources. We realize that financial issues, physical issues, emotional issues uh, will vary. We realize the conditions will vary. And we appreciate knowing that we have resources that we can call upon and, and when to call you and when to call Adult Protective Services. Um, any other tips? What can you tell us? Um, I, one, want to say to AARP, that's awesome that you guys have a manual um, that kind of outlines steps because one of the big things is awareness, right? As far as elder abuse and elder prosecution, just things happening with the elder in our community in general. One of the big things that are lacking is awareness. So people don't know how to take care of their loved one, or they don't know that you can call a number, or they don't know what signs to look for, and the loved ones don't know what's acceptable to say, what's acceptable not to say, what can I do, this person's taking care of me, am I allowed to tell them I don't like what they're doing? So having uh, an outlined manual or steps just for somebody to start is really, really good. So I would encourage the listeners to read the manual, follow the manual, and even on top of the things that the manual kind of outlines for you, be aware. Be aware of what's going on. If you have the capacity to look at your finances and, and kind of watch them and, and look at your health and kind of watch it, then watch it be aware of what's going on and then be vigilant or vigilant excuse me if there's something that is going on don't be afraid to tell don't be afraid to stand up for yourself don't be afraid to do any of those things christina if i want to get a hold of you guys how do i contact your agency and how do i contact adult protective services so adult protective services um, can be contact you can find them online but more importantly the phone number for them is 713 Seven six seven two thousand, and that is to our Houston Adult Protective Services. And then, as far as our office is concerned, we can be reached at seven one three two seven four fifty eight hundred. And you can always ask to speak with anybody. You can ask to speak with me in the um, Elder Abuse Division. If you don't get me, you'll get somebody that I work very closely with. But our office is always there to help. APS is always there to help. And if there's ever an emergency or ongoing criminal activity that you think needs to be reported, please contact your local law enforcement agency. That's about all the time we have for our podcast today. Christina, thank you very much for sharing your time with us. Uh, you've heard from Christina Roberts. She is the new chief of our elder abuse section with the Harris County DA's office, and it's been very helpful. We also invite you to follow up with our Prepare to Care podcast at iTunes, SoundCloud, or at www.aarp.org slash HoustonPTC and take our Prepare to Care podcast survey so we can learn how to improve future episodes and it allows you to find other caregiving planning and local resources. Thank you for listening and thank you for always caring.